Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It's the second week of voluntary OTAs, and that means on Thursday we had another chance to speak to the Chiefs via Zoom conference call. On this podcast, you'll get to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, offensive line coach Andy Heck, and finally the new outside linebackers coach Ken Flagell. But let's start with the Chiefs head coach. Here is Andy Reid. Hey, coach. My question is more about the league in this offseason as a whole. I know there's been a lot of talks about maybe in the future, NFLPA, NFL, trying to get rid of the offseason, the offseason programming. Based upon your experience, the the two decades plus in the league, just how important is some of these workouts to what you guys are trying to accomplish all season? Yeah, so I, I think it's important. Uh, the coaches and players do, do it um, the right way. And that's uh, give the guys an opportunity to get out of the weight room Get in, well, you know, they do their weightlifting, but get out of the weight room and do some football. I mean, if they don't do it here, they're going to do it on their own. And we got good facilities and field for them. Um, if everybody's smart with it, you can get a whole lot done. Um, in particular, some of the new stuff you want to work on or some of the things from your off season studies uh, that you can get coordinated. So, and, and write up um, from what was going on during the season. So I, I think it's a, it's a win-win if it's handled right. Yeah. And I think the way it's set up right now is good. I, I think the time with the players has been good. And, um, you know, you can ask our guys, but I think it's been productive. Let's go next to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach, good afternoon. Herbie. Patrick Mahomes obviously made some headlines over the last couple of days, a 20-0 and 0 prediction. What was your reaction when you, you heard about that prediction? Well, I heard the whole, I heard, I saw the whole thing, by which is by chance. I normally don't see those things, but I, I did see that one. Um, and they, he was asked, you know, what would, what would be a great challenge for him and, you know, to, to work for. And so, you know, 20 and 0 made sense, but I mean, it's a, uh, uh, he wasn't boasting about it. <laughs> that's not what he was doing, but he, he just said, that's, uh, that'd be a great challenge, which it would be. I mean, we've got a, you know, we've got a pretty stiff schedule and uh, some great competition that we're going to play against. So um, I, I felt like he was really saying, listen, we all need to get busy and, and work our tail off uh, because of that. So next to Vahe. Go ahead, Vahe. Hey there, Andy. Um, all right. Vahe. Just uh, really along the same lines in general, do you do you either like or dislike having uh, things like that said to sort of create a bar and a standard? Does it, do you, do you find things like that drive a, drive some juice? Well, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't really didn't see it that way. I mean, I, I look, listen, he, there's nobody that's more competitive and wants, wants new challenges than, than he does. That's a, that's a great one. I mean, that hadn't, 
hasn't been done with that many games. So, um, you know, okay. But I, he didn't mean it in any way where he's doing that. I have full trust in him uh, that way. So that's just not how he's wired. <clears throat> but it's a good challenge. It's a good challenge for sure, Bye. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. Um, so last week you got the guys out in the field, in the building. Uh, they got to go home and digest that stuff. Now they're back this week. Just what stood out about practice this week and what you guys were able to accomplish on the field? Yeah, I, listen, these guys, they work hard. They have fun together. They challenge each other as much as you can challenge in these type of things. We're just throwing the football. I mean, we're not, we're not doing the run game or anything and knocking people all over the place. That's not what's going on right now. So um, I, I think they have fun with it. And if they weren't doing it here, I'm sure they'd be doing it somewhere else. And that's how they've approached it. And so we've had great attendance at these things. And, and like I said, the guy, they're, they're not mandatory. I mean, if a guy has something he's got to do, they go do it. And then they come back and jump back in and do, you know, and get busy. So um, it's been, I, I think it's been productive. Yeah. Had a good week. Got time for a few more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Sarin. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Coach, could you just give us an update on on how things are going as far as COVID related? Mm -hmm. Is it getting back? You know, a lot of people are kind of getting closer to normal. Does this feel like a a normal practice? And how much more productive are you able to be if you know you're getting more and more guys vaccinated? Yeah, sir. So we're we're testing. You know, we test once a week and and do that. And um, we, we've had a good. You know, our numbers are trending way up. With you know, compared with the other teams, we're we're right there, one of the top teams with uh, having vaccinations and. Um, and it's not a pressure. You don't sit here as an organization and pressure these guys. It's something that they want to do. And, um, and so uh, that's where we're at. And it's been, you know, it, it feels good to be able to go out on the field without a mask and, and practice. And you know, your mind's not onto what you have to do next as far as COVID, but on what you need to do next for, for the football part of it. And that is one less distraction there, you know, that way. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, later we're going to get the chance to talk to Clint Flagel for the first time. And, you know, that's a guy who's obviously had a lot of experience with Spags and been around the league. What's the value of having a voice like that and a coach like that joining Spags and especially somebody who can work with the young linebackers that you've drafted? Yeah, Matt, Ken, uh, he's been – I was with him for a long time at the college level and then – he was with Spags at the college level for a stop and also, <clears throat> excuse me, at, um, in the NFL. The one unique thing about that defensive staff is, uh, you know, you throw Ken in the mix. Uh, House has been with them and Brendan's been with them. And, and they all kind of know each other. And, um, and, and David and Sam, they, Sam played for Spags and David worked with them in the, I mean, uh, David worked with Spags in New York. So uh, there's a tie in there. There's a connection. And, um, and so they can get a lot of work done and give the players a lot of good information and they kind of know what each other's thinking. And Ken's uh, case, he, he was Spags' defense coordinator. So um, Spags got a lot of trust in him, obviously, and rightly so. And, and um, you know, he can give them projects or whatever. He's, I mean, he's coaching the outside linebackers right now, but he can – he trusts them for doing projects or, or whatever. We'll go last to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hello, Andy. Hi, Nate. 
The uh, I know it's week two of OTAs, but to see the chemistry between Patrick and the new offensive line, just what have you noticed and uh, whether that's in the classroom or on the field? Yeah, so the big guys are working their tail off to kind of knock out some of the kinks and uh, learn the offense, learn the protections. Uh, you know, Coach Heck does a great job with that, and he's loaded them up with stuff. So we don't, we don't want to step back. You want to keep going forward. And, um, and so, and then, and then Spags, you know, he's got every look that you, you can imagine to work on. So I think that way it's great, uh, from a protection standpoint, uh, we're not doing any run, uh, against the defense. So they're doing that all against bags and, and, uh, and, and so it's, you know, recognition things there. Um, but I, I think they're handling it, they're handling it well, and they seem to, be talking and communicating. And uh, again, there, there's some things we've got to keep working on, but uh, I would expect that. Yeah. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Hey, Patrick, good to see you. Good seeing you. Hey, two questions here for you. Uh, obviously six days of on-field work, five days. You had the charity golf tournament last week, but five days of on-field work. How's your toe feeling? Um, you full go? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, if there was a game, I'd be able to play in it, I think. Um, at, at the end of the day, I mean, there's still stuff I'm going to have to work through. I'll have to continue to rehab um, and continue to, to keep strengthening that stuff. But it's good to be able to get out there a little bit earlier than on, earlier than the schedule had me and uh, be able to get some work in. Second part, obviously, you made some headlines this past week with the 20-0 goal that you have <clears throat> coach I'll be, I asked coach about it before you came on and he said it wasn't a boast it was just a goal that you would like to do uh, but what was your teammates reaction when when the news of that started going around I don't think there was really a, a reaction at all I mean if you're in this league you want to win every single time you're on the football field uh, and I think people get a how hyped up about saying 20 and 0 because you have to take it one week at a time. But at the end of the day, you you want to continue to win every single week. I'm not uh, going into the season hoping I lose any games. Let's go next to Haley Lewis. Go ahead, Haley. Hey, Patrick, I was able to talk with the CEO of Whoop earlier this week and kind of talk about your podcast, what you did during last season. So now that you kind of check that every day going into this next season, how do you think that data and that technology of knowing your body so well is going to help you get past this, you know, injury into the 2021 season? Yeah, I think it, it helps out a ton um, because you can see not only how when you have these hard, high strain days, these hard work days, um, how you recover, but you also see like how you eat and how that helps your body recover and, and stuff like that. So it helps me manage what I do on a day-to-day -day basis uh, in order to make sure that I'm at top performance on game day. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick. Good to see you. Good to see uh, you. Hey, you're working with a new center now. Yeah, he broke up. I don't know if that's just me or I think you're cutting out there, Matt. But I think he was asking about the new center. Matt, we got you. Yeah, yeah. I was asking about Creed and just uh, the relationship that you guys go through, the chemistry, get on the same page, and and can you even notice that he's a left-handed snapper? I've already gotten pretty much used to it. Uh, I mean, uh, it's something that you, you just kind of get out there and play football at the end of the day. Uh, it's not that not that big of a deal. You I mean you get a couple snaps under center and you just go out there and continue to play. But uh, I think that whole group, it's good to be out here and, and have these guys here. 
because uh, you, you start building that chemistry, that communication that you need uh, as a uh, offense. And uh, I think we do a good job of, of learning and not making the same mistake twice. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick. Um, past couple weeks, your first chance to work with Cornell Powell and Noah Gray. What's your early impressions of them so far? They can, they can work, man. They, they know how to get out there and make plays happen. Uh, uh, I've been uh, – uh, Noah uh, has been really good. I think he has a, a kind of that veteran type skill set where he knows how to get himself open, even if it's not exactly what the play is designed to do. He knows how to get his eyes back, be on the quarterback's timing. Um, and then Pal, you mean just he's a he's a beast, man. He, yeah, how big he is out there. He's running across the field, uh, making a lot of big catches in tough contested spots. And so to be able to work with those guys along with the other guys and continue to uh, improve those rooms, um, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to help us out a ton in the long run. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick. On the uh, goal of 20-0, and 0, um, obviously you're not the only quarterback or only team that wants to do that. There's 31 other teams that want to do that. But nobody else, at least that I've heard, has gone public with it. I'm just curious why you decided you would go public with that, why you would come out with that uh, right now. Yeah, I mean, I believe the, the question I was asked was uh, what record that I would want to break and – to me, records don't mean anything if you're not winning that last game at the end of the season. So uh, uh, to me, it's about going in every single week with the mindset that we're trying to win. We're going to win. Um, and at, at the end of the day, whatever the record is, if it's 20 and zero or, or whatever it is, you're winning that last game of the season. Uh, then you're going to be happy with whatever happened uh, earlier in the season. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Patrick, I'm curious, you've answered a number of questions about this 20-0 thing, and it, it's kind of taken on a life of its own, as you said. It was kind of something that was said as an answer to a question you were asked directly. With everything that you say being so much under the microscope, do you hear those things come out? Like, when you hear it, do you go, well, yeah, I know I'm going to be answering seven questions about this now because I just said it. Is that, are you living in that kind of fishbowl, and do you hear that every time it kind of comes out of your mouth? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just part of the part of the gig, part of playing quarterback in the NFL. Um I know I'm going to have to answer questions either way. So let's, have, let's answer a question about us winning football games. I'll think about that. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Patrick. Uh, you made a theme of it this offseason. It seemed like whenever uh, an offensive line move would come through, you would kind of quote tweet it and put a happy face emoji. You know, that's what we saw. I just was wondering what the exchanges were like with Brett Veach and the personnel department uh, and just the appreciation you have for really bolstering this line after we all saw you kind of running around in that last game. Yeah, I mean, you just want to be able to build depth. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing is they, they, they put a lot of good guys and brought back a lot of good guys and to put in that O-line room so that the competition uh, is high every single day. Um, and um, I felt like we had guys that were good guys in that room last year, but to continue to add and add more and more talented guys, that brings out the best. And I think that's what you want in every, any team. Uh, that uh, a winning culture of you have to earn your spot every single day. You have to come in with that mindset of I have to get better because that's what brings out the best in everybody. We've got time for two more. We'll go Nate and then Sam. Go ahead, Nate. Patrick, it's um, in, in talking about just the new offensive linemen, um, what's it been like for you to sort of teach them versus when you first came into the NFL and you were learning from guys like Eric and Mitchell um, and even Mitch Morrison, the guys of those likes, what's it been like to teach those offensive linemen what you like in terms of trying to build that chemistry and understanding of the playbook? Yeah, I think it's really cool, honestly. Uh, you, you said it. I mean, when I first came into the league, I had a lot of veteran guys with uh, Eric Fisher and, and Mitch Schwartz and like Mitch Morris, all these guys. 
um, that were helping me when I was when I was at the line of scrimmage, helping me communicate and and get us all on the same page. And then to, to be able now um, to have a new group of guys that obviously are extremely intelligent and know that know how to play the, the game of football and stuff like that. But to show how I communicate and how I do things in the line of scrimmage and us build that chemistry again. Um, uh, I think I think it's really cool, and it's it's, it's going to really help us in the long run as we continue to learn each other um, and learn how each other thinks uh, while we're out there on the field. We'll go last, Sam McDowell. Quick, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Um, so? I'm wondering. Uh, the, I guess the short of this is what benefit you get out of these OTAs, but the long of it is is you didn't have these last year. So as you're going through some things this year, are you realizing, Hey, I really miss not doing this last year because, you know, we, we fell behind at training camp. Are there certain things like that? I think the, the, the biggest thing is you get to experiment a little bit more uh, when you get to training camp. Um, you, you kind of have to be refined and refining things. You're trying to get ready for the season against different teams uh, and different defenses and stuff like that. Um, that's a big part of, of why we came in uh, to do the, the the OTAs. And I know they're voluntary and everything like that, but we're able to experiment and not go extremely hard, but still be able to get some good work in, um, get the guys together, build that chemistry and be a part, be a part of the team. I think that's the only uh, real big difference uh, uh, than not being here, I guess you'd say. Patrick, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You just heard from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid and quarterback Patrick Mahomes, and now we continue on with the Chiefs coordinators, starting with offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. Good afternoon. Long time no see. Hopefully everybody's doing very well. Uh, with that said, hey, I'm all ears. Let's go first to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. EB, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on, bro? Uh, we're doing the same, man. Hey, uh, a lot of new additions to the offense, especially on the offensive line. Just your overall thoughts on seeing guys like Orlando Brown, Joe Tui out there, and how that's going to help your offense overall as general with these practices. You know what? I, I will say this. These guys have done a heck of a job. There's a lot of unique personalities in that room. Those guys are hilarious. They love having a good time together. It's great seeing them out there and working together. And uh, it's been good. The chemistry is building. And the best thing about it, these guys are working their tails off. So I'm excited. I'm fired up. Uh, there's some new juice in the building. So, hey, we keep it rolling. Go next to Haley Lewis. Go ahead, Haley. 
Hey, Coach, kind of wanted to ask you, we talked to Reed about how now that things are creeping back to normal, people are getting more and more vaccinated. You guys don't have to focus so heavily on the COVID precautions. You can actually focus on football. How has that been these past couple of weeks where you actually get to just focus on what you're supposed to do? <laughs> you know what? I don't know if you actually really get back to, you know, the, the ways of the world, the normal world as we used to know it. I still find myself putting a mask on every now and then when I'm coming in the building or just wearing one in my office. So still trying to get used to it. But I will say this. It does feel good knowing that everybody uh, has been vaccinated. But you know, I'm talking about our coaching staff and our administration, but I will say this. When it's all said and done with, we're out here for OTAs. We get an opportunity to be outside on grass. I mean, you can't beat the weather. It was nice today. So get to watch the guys compete and perform. So we're having a great time. Thank you. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric. Um, with, with Sammy uh, Watkins being gone, uh, looks like uh, McCole and uh, – Byron Pringle or two of the guys who are in line for maybe more playing time. What have you seen from each of those two guys specifically that would lead you to believe that um, they're ready for a bigger, uh, bigger workload? Well, you know, McCole, Pringle, D-Rob, they've all have had an opportunity to do it for us uh, throughout their whole entire careers here. So we're, we're counting on those guys to step up. And when it's all said and done with, we coach our guys, each and every one of them, to be the starter. So when it's all said and done with, these guys will be mentally as well as physically prepared to step up in any role that we foresee them to be in. So I'm excited about it. You know, the best thing about this time of the year is being out there and watching these guys compete, but also, too, watching them build the chemistry together and watching them work and grow and get better together. So that's, that's the fun part of it. We'll go three more right from the top string of Pete Sweeney. Go to Pete. Hey, Eric, GM Brett Feach has said on the record that you might guys might try to get Clyde a little bit more involved in the, the passing game this season. And I was just wondering the process on that and the coaching points to maybe bring him a little bit further along and, and get him more involved on passes from Pat. Well, the thing is, is just making sure that he has a better understanding of exactly what we're doing. When you come in as a rookie, obviously everything is brand new. And every week is a new playbook for you in a sense. And so he's had an opportunity to get a season underneath his feet. Now, obviously, he's had an opportunity to uh, to get out here and, and, and listen and be a part of the meetings. And so everything is starting to make more sense to him. And so with him growing with our, our the wisdom that he has uh, obtained in our system, it's going to help him to know exactly what we expect him to do when placed in those certain situations. So we're counting on Clyde to be Clyde. Clyde, Clyde is a, he's a tremendous kid. And on top of that, he's a hell of a football player and he's going to accept any role and accept any challenge that's, that's placed upon him. Good to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Good afternoon, coach. What's up, D? Uh, you got it. Uh, a wise man once said that uh, that you all played the worst game at the, on the worst possible day at the worst possible moment. What lessons do you think that you and the coaching staff have learned from that game, taking it to this upcoming season so you don't have any type of repeat performances like that? Well, I think the most important thing is not to take the little things for granted. And I know that's all coaching speak. But when it's all said and done, we need to make sure that we are on, on, are on top of everything, meaning that we got to make sure that we're mentally preparing our guys to be ready for those situations on top of that, making sure that they're physically prepared, 
We have to be better as a staff. So we're not taking anything for granted. That's why we're enjoying the moments that we have right now. We got a bunch of guys participating. I think the competition level has been exciting and it's been uh, uh, great being out there and watching these guys work. That's the fun part of it. Now it's our duty and our job to make sure that we're maximizing, maximizing everything that they're doing and making sure that we're getting the best out of everyone. So it's our job to make sure that we don't take any thing or any player or any play for granted. We'll go last to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Good to see you as always, man. <laughs> hey, Herbie. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, thanks. I actually have two questions here for you. Yeah. You're obviously a former NFL running back. You, you coach running backs. What was it about Greg Lewis um, th- that you said to yourself, hey, this guy would, would thrive if we moved him from wide receivers to coach running backs? And I'll have a second question after that. Okay. Greg's a football coach. And when the, when the opportunity came about, that's what he wanted to do. He, he came to us and said, listen, I want to learn more. I enjoy coaching football. This is what I want to do. He accepted the challenge and he wanted to put himself in that particular position room so he can gain a, 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 a full capacity of what exactly what we're doing on offense. And so with that said, that just goes to show you the type of person he is. All right. And then on top of that, how smart and intelligent he is, but also, too, he's going to work at it to be better every single day. You mentioned Edward Jalera's receiving skills, and obviously now you have a former wide receivers coach coaching that room <laughs> there. How has that worked out? You know what he's trying his philosophies as a wide receiver coach working out with the running backs to catch the football. You know what? I think he's going to be great. I think those guys are going to have a better understanding of coverages. You know, with Greg being a, a former player who's been out on the perimeter and seeing certain things, I think he'll help those guys and identify exactly what's going on in the back end. So I think Greg is going to bring a tremendous amount of uh, of, of mental capabilities in that room. On top of that, I mean, uh, he got some good players, but I do know this. G. Slew is going to work his tail off with those guys, and those guys will perform at the highest level. Coach E.B., we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. I, I have to say this before I go. I'm disappointed nobody asked me about the twin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take care. Hey, Coach. We're ready. All right, Brad, you in there? We are. We're ready whenever you are. Yeah, I just saw you on the hallway. Now I see you on the screen, I think. <laughs> um, looking all good. Happy to be out there practicing. Um, I don't have much to say. I'm just going to open it up and let you fire away. It's good to see everybody. It's good to be doing one of these. So, Appreciate everybody being here. Let's go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? Great, Adam. Good. Hey, um, we were talking last week to uh, Hitchens and to Tyron, and they were talking about the emphasis you're putting on uh, fixing the red zone defense, being better in the red zone. Are are there some components that are really important to be a good red zone defensive team? Are there things you look at and say, if we do this well, we're going to play well down there? Uh, you mean like general ones, Adam, or, yeah. or what we did, right? Yeah, just in general, playing good yeah. red zone defense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the first thing to me is we always say is we we don't want to allow teams to run the ball. We really do want to force them to throw it, um, and then have tight coverage. I mean, down there the throwing lanes get tight. We all know that. Everybody that knows football, so you try to force them into throwing it in those tight windows. So that's that would be the first thing. Um, you know, in these kind of practices, we obviously don't get runs, so we can't really work on that. That'll come in training camp or in preseason games. But then the second thing is just everybody being on the same page. The third thing to me is is where the league, 
uh, football in general has gone in the red zone, especially in the tight red zone with all the, I'm going to call it option football. We call it swaps and seals and tight ends coming, coming across behind the line of scrimmage. There's a lot of challenging football nowadays and you got to make decisions on zone or man and how many guys you put up on the line. So we're working through all of that and hopeful uh, that we can get better. And uh, I, you know, if we had just played, uh, I don't know, 50% better in the red zone last year, it made a huge difference and certainly points allowed and, and I didn't think we were terrible, terrible in points allowed, but certainly when people got in the red zone, it was a challenge for us. Go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Steve. Hey, Sam. Um, last week, Andy mentioned that he thought one of the your under-the-radar signings this year was, uh, was Jaron Reed. I'm wondering what he allows you to do on the defensive line, specifically um, perhaps with, with moving Chris around a little bit. Yeah, I tell you what, Sam, we're really trying to figure that out, uh, to be quite honest with you. And it's going to take a little bit of time. But listen, I remember when he was at Alabama, I have a good friend that um, actually trained him as he got ready for the combines. We have a mutual friend, coach I have a lot of respect for. And I've always liked him as a player. So I'm glad we got him. We've had him here a few days here. And I tell you, he, I texted him the other day. I just really liked the way. He handles himself here, practice. He's serious about football. He knows when to lighten it up. Right now, in the short amount of time I've had with him, I really love the personality, the attitude, and what he gives us as a football player. Let's go next to Herbie Tioki. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Good seeing you as always. You too, Herbie. Hey, I have two questions for you. The first one, obviously, you're bringing Ken Vajoli in. What was your reaction to be reunited with him? I know he served with you as a defensive coordinator uh, yeah. in St. Louis. Yeah. Well, I tell you, Ken Flagel. Flagel. Yeah, yeah. He's, we laugh about, you know what, Herb? I call him that just kidding around sometimes. So I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him that you said that. I would tell him it was you. Uh, but he'll laugh. He'll laugh. He'll think it's funny. That's like nobody can pronounce my name either, right? I mean, you guys figured it out after a while. But listen, uh, Ken and I have known each other for a long time. Andy knew him way before I did. Uh, but I got to know him the same time I got to know Andy when they were on the staff at UTEP together in Missouri. He's been in the league a long time. Like you said, he was a defensive coordinator for us in St. Louis. And I just got a great deal of respect for him. I think he's just going to be a, a great sounding board for me. Another set of eyes, somebody that's uh, had a lot of experience in this league. And, you know, on game day, I know Ken, we, we run together on the sideline. He's really good on game day with sorting things out, run schemes and what the offense is trying to do to us. So I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, he knows Matt and Brendan, a lot of these guys. So it's been kind of pretty comfortable um, him just coming here. It's been great. He's been great to have. And the second part of the um, half for you coaches, obviously you've got two young linebackers here in, in uh, Willie Gay, as well as Nick Bolton. What's your excitement level as you've watched him and what kind of feedback are you getting from your friend. I'm not going to try to pass the name. Coach Flagel? Yeah. You call him Ken. We guys call Ken. Uh, listen, Matt House does a great job with those guys. I really get my feedback from Matt on the linebackers, and he do, he's been doing a terrific job. But both those guys we're, we're really excited to have uh, and really looking forward to what they can do. I mean, let's not forget Willie Gay didn't have any preseason games last year. Um, now Nick will get a benefit of that this year. Uh, we'll, we're going to try to find ways to get them on the field. It might take a little while. Um, you know, the volume of defense is probably catching up with the both of them right now. You know, we've asked uh, Willie to play two different spots, Sam and Will. That's typical in the NFL, just like we do with really all our linebackers, except for, uh, except for Hitch. Uh, but we're glad we got them both. We're looking forward to what they can do. 
We'll go last two, Pete and then Sarin. Go to Pete. Hey, Steve. Good to see you again. Um, you too, Pete. So last year we saw, you know, no Breland at the beginning of the year because of the suspension, obviously not here anymore. Uh, how much of a desire is there to push Legarius to the outside? And, and if so, in that, what happens in, in that slot position that he was manning last year? Yeah. Uh, great question, people. Before I answer it, I, I just got to this. I got to throw this observation out. I don't see any defensive. I'm looking at the back behind you and I can see them <laughs> 15, 15, 15. I don't see any defensive bodies. Can, I'll work. On, I'm going to work on that. Yeah, okay. I'll work on that. Sure. Um, now I forgot your question. Legarius to the outside. Yes, and yeah. What about with, yeah. Um, well, I tell you what, uh, I think back in Philadelphia, uh, we had Bobby Taylor. Uh, what we did with Bobby is he played outside in the four DB packages and then he moved in in the five DB. So we may go that route. A little bit of it is, is going to depend upon the, I'm going to just say the next corner that surfaces or is there a next corner that surfaces? Um, if we need to keep him on the outside, we'll do that. I think until then, we'll probably work them at both and then just see where it goes. We, we really need to find out what we have in the quote-unquote other corners, if that makes sense. Yeah. And we'll go last. Seren Petro. Good, Seren. Uh, Coach, a lot of talk about Chris Jones playing defensive end and, and you know, maybe having that flexibility to move out there. Uh, how difficult uh, a transition is that? How do, you, how do you gauge? I know this is maybe not the best time, right? You're not getting a lot yeah. of work. But, yeah. but when you do it, like making sure that you're not, you know, maybe losing his quickness that he has against bigger guys inside versus maybe uh, playing more power role outside. Like how, how do you balance that? It's a great observation, a great question. Uh, I have posed that to myself quite a bit because he is an imposing player inside. We all know that. Um, if we move him outside on a, on a number of the snaps and he's going to have to have, uh, he's going to be, have to be flexible to do both. Uh, we will miss that. Hopefully we will gain something on the edge when somebody changes a position. Obviously the first hurdle is the mental part of it. So Chris is working through that and he's been great. Uh, he he's been here and been part of the whole thing. And I think that's important when you change a position, it's just not that easy to pick up a whole new spot and we do some different things with the defensive end. So uh, he'll play out there a little bit, you know, we'll move him back inside when we have to, but I think it's a great point that you're making. I think your question is how do you balance that? I'm not sure how you do that yet. Um, maybe it'll come down to, and I think we'll probably do a little bit of this. We'll come down to who we're playing and where maybe we can find a weakness and uh, maybe expose that weakness you know, in, in the five offensive linemen, but all that, we just got to get him used to playing the two spots right now and figure out the rest of it later on. Coach, we appreciate your time. Thanks okay. for joining us. Thanks guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You just heard from the Chiefs coordinators, and now we finish up with offensive line coach Andy Heck, followed by outside linebackers coach Ken Flagell. Here's Andy Heck. Hey, Coach Heck. In, in talking with Orlando Brown the other day, he had mentioned specifically in coming here, he had to do some unwiring and rewiring. And I just was wondering if you could expand upon that and what does that entail? Uh, I think what he may be referring to is just, you know, the time he spent in another program, 
different coach, uh, different sort of offense. Uh, and so you come to a new offense, maybe new techniques, certainly different terminology. We've got to learn to speak the same language here. Um, and so everything's a little bit different. I remember back to my days as a, a player when I changed teams a couple of times, you know, it takes a minute to adjust to just all those different things, different techniques, different language. Um, I think that's what probably what he's talking about. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy. Um, so many new guys, obviously, on the offensive line. I think there were four new guys, guys who weren't here last year with the uh, first group today, and I think three, if I counted right, in the second group. What are the challenges of putting all that together in a relatively short period of time? And, and what's a reasonable time frame? Is it reasonable to expect these guys to be all on the same page by September uh, 12 or whatever it is? Absolutely. Uh, I think, uh, well, the challenges are to – um, as you say, gel together as a unit. Um, and for us to, to find, you know, that starting unit, those combinations of guys, uh, and then the guys, you know, that ultimately will be on our 53 and, and, and up on game day. But then more importantly, once we get that group together, that they're communicating well together, speaking the same language. Uh, and, and here's the beautiful thing about all of these guys. Uh, they love football. And they're all top-notch people, hard workers. So they come in every day excited to work at their craft um, and, and come together. And they like each other. So they're having fun out there. So I think uh, to expect that these guys would be able to come together and gel uh, you know, by early September, absolutely. That would be uh, my expectation. Let's go Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andy. Two questions for you on Creed Humphreys. Uh, just, just what did you like about him most through the uh, sort of draft process? And how beneficial do you think it is for a guy who has sort of a wrestling background to transfer that over in terms of leverage uh, playing in the NFL? Yeah, I'd say what I liked most about him is, and in, in let's just assume that we, we liked his football skills. He's a good football player. But what I liked most about Creed was his intelligence and his leadership ability. He's, uh, you know, you're looking for those guys, those alphas, those guys that aren't, uh, that won't shy away from a challenge, that uh, don't feel like they've got to stand back while other people's other people lead. Uh, I like his uh, confidence and again his intelligence, uh, whether it's you know football smarts, uh, social smarts. Um, he and so far he's been everything we hope for in that regard. And then in terms of having a wrestling background, well, it sure seems like a lot of the good interior players uh, have that in their background. And uh, I was never a wrestler; my brother was, and uh, and I appreciated watching those things. And it would seem to me that just having a feel for leverage, uh, and then what do you do when you lose that leverage? Uh, now we've got to reposition, uh, regain that leverage. Seems like it would tie in nicely with wrestling. And so if you've got those kind of, um, that kind of experience, that feel, uh, it, uh, it would stand to reason it would transfer to the football field. We'll go next to Sam McDowell. Go Sam. Hey, Andy. Um, you know, with, with the new faces on the offensive line, it, I, I know that you want competition every year, but without sort of setting an unofficial deadline, is there a certain time where you'd say, ideally, I'd like to know which five we're probably going with by, 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 is it by training camp, just by the opener? Like, um, are you already starting to pencil that stuff in? What's just that process like? 
it, it's an ongoing process. And I, you know, I think that, um, yeah, the sooner the better that you, you, you can figure that out. You can have guys start working together. Of course, there's also an element of getting other people in there. We're going to need all hands on deck. That's been my experience over the long haul is that by the end of the season, you're going to have to have a number of guys ready, not just five guys. Uh, so that's part of it. But yes, as soon as we can, we want to figure out what that combination is going to be. Um, but, you know, in this type of an environment, uh, you know, an OTA where the emphasis is on learning uh, the system, communication, uh, learning some of the fundamentals and techniques, um, you, you know, these serious position battles may not really be underway until we, we get the pads on. The last two, Matt and then Steve. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach, good to see you again. Um, Trey Smith is not your standard issue sixth-round draft pick. There were certainly some extenuating circumstances that you got him where you did. What is it that really stood out to you about Trey on film that you wanted him here? And what's his, what's his projection? What's his kind of, you know, how fast do you think he could develop and maybe even potentially become a starter? Uh, I do think that uh, Trey has a starting guard in his future. You know, how fast that will come, that would be difficult to predict. He has all the physical and mental tools that you'd look for. And uh, he loves football. I mean, uh, th that's an indispensable quality. He loves football. He loves to compete. And he's an extremely physical person. These things jump out at you when you watch uh, tape of him. Now, how fast can he learn our system, le learn our techniques, really kind of uh, quiet things down uh, in there at that guard position. We'll, we'll see. Um, but he's, cer he's certainly off to a good start and working very hard at it. Well, last Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, Coach. Uh, I know it takes some time with all the O-line, new O-line guys, you know, developing that chemistry. But I want to uh, get your philosophy on developing identity of that group. Is it something that, you know, does it develop over time or does it come from a certain way uh, of you coaching them a certain way? <laughs> Um, I think, it, you know, it, it comes from within the group. It starts with having guys that love football, that love to compete, that refuse to lose. And the more of those kind of guys that Brett and Coach Reed can, uh, you know, assemble here, then the more that's going to show on the field. Now, not everybody is a natural born killer, right? We, we want to be the toughest, most physical offensive line in the NFL. And, you know, we've got, you know, a lot of tough guys that love to compete and love football, uh, but not everybody's, uh, you know, born that way necessarily. But the more of those guys you collect, uh, and we've got a few of them here, then it raises that, uh, that sort of uh, identity in other guys. Everybody, you know, everybody kind of falls in line with that. And so it, it kind of grows from within. And then, yeah, uh, you know, I see myself as the, the coach of that group, as uh, that these guys will go as, as I go. And so that's definitely an emphasis. You know, I always believe in coaching. You, you are what you emphasize. So we emphasize that uh, in terms of finish. We grade finish on every play. Uh, we talk about it. We point out the good uh, and where it needs to be better. And then, um, you know, we've all been there in, 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 uh, in a game where you can feel when you're physically winning that battle or vice versa. And it's more fun when you're winning that battle. That's the name of this game. Uh, and the guys love to compete. They love that feeling and they feed off of each other. Koshak, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, fellas. Hey, Coach, great to meet you. 
Hi, Matt. Hey, uh, just curious, what was it that really most interested you in this opportunity and coming to work with, you know, Spags and Andy, you know, two guys that you have a long history with? Well, it's kind of probably a question that gets answered on a different front. Uh, number one, you know, Andy and I were together in college at two different spots at UTEP and Missouri and at the Green Bay Packers. And then Spags and I were together at uh, the St. Louis Rams and uh, the New Orleans Saints. So, uh, I've got a little history with them, but I think the big thing is, Matt, number one is obviously the quality of the organization. Uh, you know, as a coach, that's a little bit longer in his career, the ability to win and win now. That's always important. And probably last but not least, my wife got tired of seeing me sitting around the house. So she told me to go out and get a job. Let's go next to Herbie Tiopi. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, coach. How are you? Welcome to Kansas City. Thanks, Herbie. Nice to see you. And I have to apologize. I butchered your name earlier. I'm, I'm sure Spags <laughs> might have told you, but I got it now. Flagel, I got it. So my Well, apologies. that's okay, Herbie. When I was in El Paso, they called me Flaholi. So uh, <laughs> you're, you're doing okay. You're better than most. Um, two quick questions here for you. The first one, obviously, given your history with, with coaching linebackers, how excited are you when, you when you got two young linebackers like Willie Gay and Nick Bolton to work with them? Well, it's a great opportunity, no doubt, Herbie. I would say this, and, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on uh, Matt House a little bit. You know, Matt and I have been together at a couple of different spots. We were together at Carolina and the St. Louis Rams. So uh, I'm kind of the substitute teacher in some respects. But listen, uh, great to have those young guys, uh, get them indoctrinated in the scheme and try to bring them along. But, you know, Matt does a great job with them. Uh, and I'm just really impressed. Uh, you know, I, I think he's a quality football coach. Uh, you know, I, I chime in and give my two cents when it's appropriate. Uh, but I don't want to discount what he's done in the room, too. So, again, kudos to him. Lucky to have the two young guys uh, anxious to get working with them and see how we go and uh, see where this all plays out. And my final question along those same lines, you mentioned Coach House, but how beneficial is it to have a, a grizzled veteran like Anthony Hitchens there to also take them under their wing and then teach them the ropes? Well, I tell you, you can't discount that enough. I mean, Irby, let me just tell you something. His ability to manage the defense. And again, if you sat in our meeting rooms and uh, and listened to uh, the communication that the Mike linebacker has to make to make this thing all come together and work, uh, it's a tall, it's a tall chore. And Anthony is really good at it. I mean, I, I always kid him. I said, you know, he'll make a bunch of checks at the line of scrimmage, try to get us in the right defense and get the defense just the way we want it. And I say, Hitch, you got to go and ask for a pay raise, all these different communications that you got going along. But again, it, it doesn't, uh, I don't lose sight of it as an older coach. Uh, one of the most important aspects of playing middle linebacker in this league is not only you have to have the physical ability, but you've got to have high speed internet and you've got to be able to diagnose things fast, quick. You've got to get us, you're the eraser. If the coordinator makes a call that maybe doesn't really fit the uh, formation of the situation, the Mike linebacker a lot of times has the ability to amend or correct a call. And that's where Hitch, in my opinion, is so valuable because he's such a sharp guy. He has a good feel for the scheme. And I think he's, he can really do that. And you need that. And uh, we're lucky to have him. Let's go next to Matt McMullen with Chiefs.com. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Coach. Um, in your years, over the years, seeing how linebackers and that position has evolved, how has it changed uh, in your experience in your years of coaching? And how does the group that you have here kind of fit what the position is now? 
That's a good question, Matt. I think uh, probably as you guys are all aware, this the linebackers have really become just bigger DBs. Uh, this game is 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 space play, ability to play in space and and move. Offense do such a great job of spreading the field both horizontally and vertically that. The old days where you used to have a linebacker that weighed 250 and all you wanted to do is come downhill and and uh, blow up a fullback on a lead play, that doesn't happen very, very often. Uh, you know, teams are rarely in two back sets. Uh, uh, most of the teams are in zebra or 11 personnel, depending on how you call it, where they've got three wide. So really the linebackers that are in the ball game have to be bigger defensive backs. They have to be able to move. They have to be able to cover. You got to be able to take matchups on tight ends and running backs and play man to man and not feel like you're giving much away to the offense. So the, the physical description of, of those players has changed dramatically over the course of my career. We'll go last to Matt Derrick again. Go ahead, Matt. Hey coach, you touched on it a little bit with Herbie and Andy went a little bit of detail too, that, you know, you can really be there to do some special projects and take some things off, maybe off the plate for for spags. You know, what kind of role beyond just the outside linebackers, what kind of role do you feel like that you can fit in for this team and what you can kind of do for spags in that role? Well, I, I'm just open to anything that he wants me to do. I, I really feel like if there's a way for me to lighten their load a little bit, so to speak, during the course of the season and and listen, Matt, I've, I've been a coordinator. I've been a position coach. So I know uh, the time constraints that go into those guys doing what they do and at the high level that they do it. So, again, if that means that, you know, I'm drawing cards at nighttime uh, for the next day's practice, if uh, Steve needs me to research third down and maybe uh, categorize protections, things like that, I'm really going to say that I'm going to try to be a jack of all trades and somehow find time that I can help them. So they have more time to get, get ready for their position meetings. If you know what I mean? Cause a lot of times you get through looking at tape and it's late at night and you still got to draw the cards for the next day. And then you always, you're saying to yourself, I got to get ready for my meeting the next day. Hopefully I can take some of that stuff off of them so that they can pay a little bit more attention to making sure that they're ready for their meeting the next day and that they're fresh to do it. They're not coming into the office and they, you know, they look like they've been on uh, uh, awake for the last 72 hours. Coach, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining All us. All right. Thanks guys.